Every day, we rise, challenging ourselves to work for what we believe in. At U.S. Border Patrol, protecting our borders is more than a job. It's a calling. Agents answer the call, working together to keep our country and communities safe. If you are ready for a new mission, join U.S. Border Patrol and go beyond. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. Waiting on a tax return? Hopefully it ends up in your hands. Fraudulent tax returns due to identity theft increased by 30% in 2023. If you're in a bind this tax season, LifeLock can help. Our U.S.-based restoration specialists are experts dedicated to helping solve your identity theft issues. And all LifeLock plans are backed by the Million Dollar Protection Package. So we'll reimburse you up to the limits of your plan if you lose money due to identity theft. Help protect your information this tax season with LifeLock. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com aware. You are now tuned in. You are now tuned in to Let's Talk About Healing. And for the version of me that got me here did his job. But this version of me has to evolve again in order to get to the next level. We, we're so focused on the negative outcome. Change the narrative that's going on in your head instead of looking at what can go wrong, obsess over what can go right. That's fine. Now here's your host, Yvonne Pierre. Hello and welcome to Let's Talk About Healing. I'm your host, Yvonne Pierre, and I am joined by my guest co-host, April F. Drain. Today we're talking about life in transition. Ooh, this is going to be a good conversation because we're always in transition. Hello, April. Hey, Yvonne. Hey, everybody. So before we get into it, I'm really curious to hear your views on life and transition. What does that mean to you? Just the term alone, how does that resonate with you? It's an old song that we used to sing in church. It said, life is filled with swift transitions. Mm. <laughs> and mm. we sing that song so much. And I would just help direct it with the youth choir and mm, didn't know, but as you get older, you understand. But I, I will say that transition is just you're not where you were but you're not where you're trying to go it's that in-between state mm, that can, yes that can bring up so many different emotions thoughts and feelings because again you're not where you were but you know you're on your way somewhere else but you haven't gotten there either so it's that in-between time yeah is what i see transition yeah see. we're constantly in transition and transition is change. Change is inevitable. Yeah. And transition brings about change. Mm. And it's it's the one constant thing that's going to always happen. And we're always looking for comfort and Ooh. to be comfortable. Talk about it. But life is about evolving. So that's what um, life and transition means to me. It's the inevitable. Yeah. It's something that we have to embrace. Yeah, that part in life because yeah. every time you turn around, something is changing, mm-hmm. and it's something we have no control over. But we're constantly fighting 
for things to stay the same. That's but the, I was just about to say that. So it's like, why is it that we as people always want things to stay the same? It's like, as long as we are living and breathing and moving and interacting with other people, there will be some type of change or evolution happening. But we just want to keep things comfortable. We don't want things to change. Mm-hmm. We want things to stay the same. Yeah. And we want to grow at the same time. I want better, but I want things to stay the same. Well, yeah. it's going to be one or the other. Something Staying the same is, is more probably more painful than the change. Mm. Because you're going against the inevitable. Yeah. You're fighting against trying to stay the same when when life is trying to change you, evolve you. And you're, you know, because some people think it's a compliment to say, mm. oh, girl, you the same, mm. you know, or you see relationships. Yeah. People like, oh, I'm leaving this person because they're not the same. This is not the woman I married. Of course they changed. Yeah. But they're I'm not going to be the same. Y'all, y'all start dating in eighth grade. Of course. <laughs> <laughs> I hope you change. Of course, days. at forty, she different. Like, <laughs> yes, 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 she changed. Even in people' minds, like if I go back home, people remember who I was mm. as a teenager. Oh, let's go get messed up. Let's yeah. go drink. Let's go. And I'm not that person no more. Yeah, I'm still that person, but I don't. I don't, I don't move the same. Yeah, I don't yeah. do the same things that I used to do back then. So, but some people in their minds, I'm still that child mm. that they knew back when. Yeah. Instead of embracing and trying to get to know the new me. And I'm hoping they have changed too. Yeah. You know, but people expectations. I heard somebody talking about relationships and how when you change, a lot of people fall away from you because they your changes may make them uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. But it's to me, it's still not leaving room for the person you love to evolve. Yeah. Why wouldn't you want them to change? Why wouldn't you want them... Why would you want them to, the person you knew back in high school or middle school was very, very broken, Mm. very wounded, very lost, and didn't have any ambitions for life because I was afraid that I wouldn't even survive past high school, Mm. you know? So to want me to stay there is an insult. Mm. Mm. <laughs> I'm offended if you want me to stay wounded. Mm. If you want me to stay hurt and bitter and mad and and negative and see the world as against me, to still want me to be like that is 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 offensive, mm. and it may it moves me away from you mm. because. You can't see past my past. You can't see me for who I am now. You want me to stay like that. You know, you want me to say, stay toxic. That's a problem. And I think for anyone to feel that way about someone you proclaim that you love, you've got to check yourself. 
to see why you would want, why is it safer for you to be around someone who's toxic versus someone who has evolved? That's a you problem. That's not a they problem. Mm. And I don't think people really consider that they're too busy. Like, oh, they change. Oh, they this, they that. No, you need to figure out and look in the mirror and figure out why you haven't. And figure out why you are fighting so hard to stay toxic. Mm. You come in hot already. Okay. Oh, wow. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> now, I had some things on my chest. Okay. Huh? Okay. I'm just <laughs> I hear you though. Yeah, we, we have to allow ourselves and allow the people that we love to be better and not be offended by their growth. So speaking of growth, Mm. as we mentioned, there's so many um, life transitions, whether Mm. it's personal growth, career shifts, relationships evolving, or external circumstances such as things like COVID or anything environmental that change. But the thing is, change is constant. Yeah. How do you believe we can prepare for or embrace life in transition. It's taken me a whole lot of years to finally start to see each change or transition is to teach you something. Mm. And if we can just learn to, what is the lesson? What is it that I'm supposed to be learning? And I believe many of us had to ask that question during COVID. Like life has, life looked different. All of us were going through transitions. We weren't able to gather the way we used to. We don't know what this thing is, this virus is. How do we keep ourselves covered? How do we keep ourselves safe? It was so many questions of what it is. And you can either fight it or you can try to figure out what is it that we're supposed to be learning from this. And I had already started to find myself in that that vein. And rather than me bucking it and trying to just say let me just close my eyes and just maybe if I just close my ears and close my eyes and turn my back or just hum it away or "Mm, I don't hear it I don't see it maybe if I stop doing that and just look at this thing or see why is it that this opportunity is now changed I this this position was yeah it was a little rocky but I could deal with it I know how they are they know how I am I understand as you were mentioning earlier dysfunction it ain't functional. It's not healthy, but I know it. But then yeah. something comes to actually go against it. Like, why is it dysfunctional? Why are you comfortable with this dysfunction? And yeah. are you wanting to stay here? Is this where you want to stay? For the right. five, 10 years, is this where you want to look up and say, yeah, I'm still here? And if you can say no, then okay, you're getting ready to go through a transition. Because once you see it, once you acknowledge it, you can't unsee certain things. You can try to. So I guess to answer the like, em- to learn to embrace it, meaning it's something that if you want to grow and change, I mean, if I'm a 42 year old woman, but I keep saying, but I don't know why I can't wear my clothes that I was wearing when I was in uh, second grade. Why? Well, <laughs> right. You, you was yeah. a whole 60 pounds in second grade and, you know, whatever the weight was. Why is yeah. it you stay there? That season served is perfect. You yeah. learn what you need to learn in second grade, but now that you move on to fourth grade and sixth grade and high school and college, all of them are building blocks to get you to the next. And 
as long as you're in this body, I've learned I'm a, I like to be a student of life rather yeah. than just saying that I graduated from college and I got my job and bam, I ain't got nothing else to learn. I've learned it all. If I learned it all, I am of no use to anybody because this world is constantly changing. I have children who are living in this world. I have like, yeah. it's so many things that are going on. You have to be able to keep up to a certain degree. Not that you're trying to keep up with the Joneses, but keep up as far mm-hmm. as the learning. My, my, I need to expand my thought process. I need to expand the way I view things versus yeah, grandmama taught me that. And that served the purpose for what grandmama was growing up. And there are some foundational principles that are good in that. And that was in the 70s. We're in the whole 2020s. And yeah. there's a whole lot of things that have changed. Life has changed. Processes have changed. I have to evolve. You mentioned that word several times. So to embrace it, meaning like, you know, stop bucking and questioning and I don't want it to change. No, there's something here for me to learn and you can become of a better use to somebody else when you learn to embrace it because somebody may be looking at you to figure out how do you deal with change because I'm I've been stuck here for forever and I want to change but I don't know how because there are some people who want to change but yeah. don't know how that's another something so if you're willing to embrace it if you're willing to sit in being uncomfortable in an uncomfortable conversation in an uncomfortable moment to be able to get some clarity I say okay let's go on and deal with the uncomfortable moment for a minute there's so much more on the other side of it that you'll be better uh, for it. And even the people who you're connected to, maybe they're looking at how you handle it because they just don't know how. They don't even know where to start. But if you can sit in it for a minute, if you can feel it, we don't like to feel things. We don't like to feel uncomfortable. Let me eat it away. Let me stuff it away. Let me want run away. Let me close my eyes. If you can feel all the uncomfortableness for that moment, have that tough conversation, and figure out now, okay, what are we, okay, now that we've addressed this, now what? What does that look like for us now? How do, we, I don't know. Well, let's figure it out together. You learn to see people in a new light. You get to depend on people and you get to see yourself and you get to look at God like, God, I have no idea what this yes means or what this conversation is going to bring, but it's obviously necessary for it to happen. Because we can't keep going around this same little circle and just acting like we don't see what we see. Now that we've addressed it, we can't go back and act like we don't know now. So now we're in a new season. So learning whatever the lesson is in that season, embracing it, feeling all the hard feelings and still knowing that you can survive it. That's another thing. You can survive it. Yeah, It may feel tough, but you can survive it if you hold on to the core thing. So that's kind of a long-winded roundabout something but learning to just learn what the lesson is and from that particular hard season i guess is what i'm trying to say the the key thing is that you were saying to feel mm. the, like the, what's happening in that moment in order to evolve and grow and i yeah. think society has a really really bad habit of avoiding feeling mm because it may be tough or hard but I think a lot of people Mm self-medicate instead of feeling it so they don't get the reward they don't get the lesson that they were supposed to learn in that because they were they self-medicated their way through it to avoid feeling what they needed to feel and 
I think in order to really learn to embrace change, to really prepare for it, one is psychological. So you have to recognize and accept change is inevitable. Change is going to happen. Change, we are constantly evolving and growing. Just think about the phone. (laughs) (laughs) Like stuff that we remember from back in the day, our kids will look at us like, what are you talking about? What, how do you use a rotary phone? You was like, born in the 1900s? <laughs> That's the question my kids <laughs> Right. 1900s, yeah. Mm-hmm. It, my son asked me years ago, he was like, did they have color TV? Yeah. like, see. how old do you think I am? <laughs> so, <laughs> yes, we had color TV. Some black and white TVs. But anyway, um, in order to embrace it, you have to first accept that it's going to happen. Yeah. Things can change in an instant, whether it's health, you know, because some people say I'm resilient because I go through it. If that's the case, if going through it is resilience, then everybody's resilient Mm. because everybody's going through it. Mm. Resilience is how you evolve. Come on. There there you go. It's how you change. It's how you become out of that thing better. If you stay in the same, you're not resilient. You just went through something, mm. you know, but you, you didn't grow through yeah. it and get the lessons you were to get because again, you, some people self-medicate their way through it. Some people avoid or nap their way through it. I know somebody, anytime something happened, they go take a nap. <laughs> <laughs> it's funny, but I, I yeah. <laughs> Yeah. yeah, like, oh, ooh, I can't deal with that. Let me go take a nap. But you know, and I'm what? like, when you wake up, that thing's still gonna be there. Yeah, but see, and it might little, be worse because you're avoiding it. Come on, come on. You know, um, when little how our parents like, you know, you start throwing a temper tantrum. You, you're tired. You need to go lay down. Go take a nap. I yeah. think some of us have held on to that as adults. Yeah, I'm having a temper yeah. tantrum. That's I don't not like a solution. feeling. So let me take a nap. No, at some yeah. point you were supposed to learn how to deal with stuff that does like. So some of us have held on to certain habits, or your grandmama always told me, if, "Okay, your stomach hurt. Okay, go use the bathroom." So now you feel like every time your stomach hurt, okay, now maybe it was something you ate. Maybe Let's go see. to the doctor. Maybe yeah. So it's like some things that parents might have known when you were little. If they didn't help you to understand or find language, and I think that that's going back and forth with what you're saying, if we don't learn how to have language for yeah. as we get older to be able to communicate certain things, then people won't even know how to even interact with you when you're going through a transition. If you're going through a transition, but you don't even have the language because you haven't, like you said, you haven't felt it, you're just sleeping through it. Yeah. Now you need to learn some language. You need to figure out what this is. You need to be some have some time to be self-aware right. or ask yourself some questions. And then as you find language to be able to let people know, oh, so no, I can't eat. Mama, I know we used to eat red meat a lot. But now I've r- learned my stomach's always hurting because my body didn't properly digest red meat. I'm allergic. Yeah. I'm allergic. I went to a doctor yeah. and they told me. So sometimes we have to help people understand the transitions that we're going through when, when we're as far as the question of how to prepare or embrace it 
we have to sometimes take onus of it versus well, my mama and my dad, when I was younger, this is what they always did. They said, if you was, if you was having a temper tantrum, go take a nap. If your stomach hurt, go use the bathroom. Okay. But now that I'm 35, 40, I right. can't keep sleeping and going to the bathroom and the situation ain't changed. Okay. I need to learn something about my own personal habits. I need to learn. Let me go to a doctor. Let me yeah. find somebody who can help me figure out why is it that your stomach out? Oh, I have anxiety. Oh, so it's not just a stomach thing. My body is responding. So it takes some time to learn. Yeah. Yeah. I need to actually find language or look a little bit further into this versus just saying, well, this is just how I've always been. Whenever I got sick, my mama always gave me chicken noodle soup. But then I still stay sick. But then when she did this and did this, did this, then I got better. Okay, so why don't you just do that versus going through the, well, this is what they always did. We yeah. have to learn. Okay. Some sometimes we do have to let go of certain habits, let go yeah. of certain that don't apply. That don't apply in this season. Yeah. And yeah. and build on it. Build on sometimes yeah. sometimes my grandmama gave me Robotessin because she ain't know what else to do. Mm-hmm. So <laughs> yeah. Cause it well. don't it don't heal everything. Mm-hmm. So you can't just now. It does say, the Bible does say, lean not on your own understanding. Come on. However. However, okay. (laughs) (laughs) He gave you the ability to have knowledge Mm -hmm. and wisdom. And wise. And growth for a reason. Mm -hmm. I can't just keep passing down Robitussin to my kids. Yeah. I know that that can be a solution for a cold. I have to also build on what I was taught. Yeah. And do better. Yeah. And realize, okay, what's wrong with my child? And maybe I need to take them to the doctor and not just throw throw a solution and I don't even know what the problem is. Yeah. You know, so clarity. I'm you're you're saying exactly what I'm saying. Sometimes I don't want people to confuse also, you don't you just throw away everything that you were taught as a child. No, 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 no. Like our parents yeah. and grandparents did the best they could with what they knew for the season yeah. we were in. And as we grow and we learn, okay, it's like, okay, they did the best they could. And now that I've grown, I've had to take onus of, okay, now that I'm a grown up, that worked for that season. Some parts of that may still right. work in this season. But okay, I have to also dig a little bit deeper as well for me mm-hmm. and for my children or whatever. So it's not yeah. to throw away the whole. I have to say, don't throw the baby away with the bathwater. Right. I don't know where that phrase came from, but anywho, it's not throwing the whole yeah. system away of what we were <laughs> raised on. It's learning from it and what doesn't apply just doesn't apply. I'm grateful for where it got me, and yeah. as you said, build on. Okay, so yeah, Robitussin does work. It just does not work for everything. Right. It works for right. colds. Okay. Yeah. So let me also find out what works for the other things. So yeah, it's it's just learning because sometimes people just say, well, this is just the way I was taught. Okay. Is that working? Right. No, but. Okay. Because you're not learning when you're only on autopilot. Oh, yeah. When oh. you're on, just like I ha- hear people say, well, that's what the pastor said. Well, pastor said this and pastor said that. And Pat, you know, which is fine, but you got to build on that. And you got to have yeah. your relationship for yourself. You can't yeah. depend on the pastor's relationship with God. You have to have a relationship yeah. for yourself and you have to have understanding 
for yourself. Yeah. Instead of saying that that's their interpretation. You take different pastors going to have different interpretations. That's their interpretation. You got to get the, get the understanding for yourself. So in any arena, whether it's spiritual or personal or home or whatever, you have to grow. And that's part of growth, you know, growing past the Robitussant or the three sixes Mm -hmm. (laughs) and building off of that and realizing my toe hurt. I don't need Robitussin. (laughs) So, (laughs) but um, yeah, just building from that and, and, and realizing that they did the best that they could. Now let me take from that. Right. Right. Learn from that and let me do the best that I can. But we have such a, we're bombarded with information. They didn't have that. Oh, that's true. They didn't have that. They couldn't go to the internet and see what to do. They couldn't, you know, they didn't have stuff at their, the palm of their hand. They had to literally go to the library and know what book to check out. It wasn't. And if you don't know what book to check out, you're lost unless you go to um, the librarian and say, okay, this is my issue. What book should I get? You know, and then they gave you like 10 different books that could possibly be the answer to your question. Right. So you really had, I mean, but we're in a time that things have transitioned and we have, we might have too much information, but we have a a plethora of information for anything that you want to know and not just Google. Now you have chat GPT. Yes. To answer questions. Chat GPT. People need to get ready with all the AI. Yes. You can do a whole thing with chat GPT, but okay. I didn't mean to interrupt. Yes. Mm -hmm. So no, 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 no. So we just have to, learn to adapt and process that things are going to change and that we got to feel it. Like I always say, when I'm going through something, I'll say, give me a minute. I need to feel what I need to feel mm. instead of rushing myself. Cause in the past I used to be like, I don't want to feel this. So I, you know, yeah. I would self-medicate. Yeah. But now that I'm older and have learned that I have to feel it. So I can get the lesson and then in the process and not just fill it and sit in a ball and, and, and rock, you know, <laughs> but feel it and say, okay, why am I feeling like this? Yeah. Why is this affecting me like this? And now what do I need to work on because of this? Because mm-hmm. it may be something triggering me from the past. It may be something that I hadn't dealt with. That's why, why it's affecting me the way it is. You really have to get to the root of the why, but you can't get to that if you don't even accept that you're feeling a way about it and allow yourself to grow. I embrace it by, I look at it like, okay, what is God doing through me in this season? What is it that I'm supposed to learn from this? And I'm seeking what 
am I supposed to learn That's from this? Because right I want to grow. I want to evolve. Yeah. I don't want to get to the end of my life and stand there and say, and, and God is like, I gave you all these things to build you and mold you and prepare you for what I had for you, but you avoided it. So you never, you didn't fully develop mm-hmm. into who I created you to be because you prematurely avoided the growth. And I'm not saying to waddle in it. You feel it, you embrace the change, you process it, and you and you adapt. Mm. Girl, I can stay there forever. That's um, cool, but that's good. Has there been a time, April, that where you intentionally dreaded a move or transition, but later saw benefits due to it happening? Yeah, I mean, you know, there's always that initial dread when you see yourself at the doorstep of like, wait, if I put my foot through this door, okay, can I come back? Mm-hmm. Um, and I, the one that I can, and it's a more recent one, up until 2019, my family, my husband, and my kids, we all lived within 10 miles, 10 minutes or 10 miles of his parents, my parents, our mm-hmm. both sides of our families all lived within the Memphis, northern Mississippi area. And for the first 13 years of our marriage and our kids growing up, we were all within that close block of family, friends, church, school. Okay. Everybody knew everybody. Yeah. And he always had opportunity to move with his job, but I was always kind of like a little skeptical or hesitant because it was like, where are we going to go? Your job could take you literally anywhere within this country. And my first question always, who's going to help us with our kids? We don't know anybody outside Mm -hmm. of, like, we know people, but we don't have family outside of where we are. And in 2019, he had the opportunity and we both agreed, like, okay, let's just see what God does. And within a couple of weeks of him making it known to his job that he was open for relocation, they moved, they offered him one job in in the state of Washington. And I almost lost my mind. I'm like, wait, Washington, that's 24 mm-hmm. hours away. And da 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 that door isn't. So I was in all the why I can't work and no, that's too far. But then they offered him an opportunity in Arkansas, which was like less than three hours from our family. And so I was like, yeah, I can do Arkansas. And in my mind, I was like, yeah, we can do this. And my parents and his parents, they're like, y'all going way over there? Way over to Arkansas? Three hours away? And I know some people, it's like, wait, what? Three hours? That's nothing. But when you yeah. live that close to your family and your kids, they their grandparents, both sets of grandparents are within 10 minutes of each other in either direction. And cousins, I'm like, all of that, when that's all they've known, it was kind of big for them. And I initially, I thought I was prepared for the transition until I realized, notice I said 2019, we moved the end of 2019, Mm. a couple months later, COVID, COVID. Yeah. We did not see COVID coming when we accepted this move. And so that brought on the extra dread and the extra, like initially I was excited, like, oh, this is cool. We get to try a new place and okay, we get to, okay, it's still three hours away, but we can do that. And But when COVID hit, it was like, wait, we can't. Wait, hold up. Mm. 
wait, now I have to, okay, I, I was telling our kids that, yeah, we still can go home and visit family and we can do all the things over the weekend. Now it's like, no, we have to stay buckled down in this new city, in this new neighborhood, in this new house, and we know no one. And we can't even, we don't even know what this virus is doing. So no, we can't even trust these new neighbors that we just met. So initially that brought on a lot of dread and I wish we hadn't. And what were we thinking? And we thought we were doing the right thing, but who saw COVID coming? Nobody did. Yeah. But it was during those two years that we were in Arkansas from 20, from 20, end of 2019 to the beginning of 2022 that God really started to grow me up as a woman, Mm. as a woman, because again, I was always close to my family and my parents and cousins and certain groups and everything and my kids as well. But it was the time away from my family where I literally could not go home. I could not go because you don't know who's going to contract what we can't, they, they're saying you can't even cross state lines. So it was literally like, okay, I have to really tap into a side of me that I didn't think I would have to tap into because I always had a crutch. I don't want to say crutch in a bad way, but it's, mm-hmm. when you feel like you have that circle, I don't have to be strong in that area or I don't have to work because I can talk to them. I can just go knock on their door or the middle of the night. Hey, we're just going to go to grandma in the house or, Hey, we're just going to go up to the church we could do none of that. Yeah. I mean, and I'm, my situation yeah. isn't any different than anybody. Like all of us went through right. something different with COVID. But for me, that transition that I thought I was prepared for, and then I was like, okay, yeah, I am. And then I'm not. It was on the back end when we left from there in 22 to where we are now, um, outside of Cincinnati, his job has moved us again, that I've embraced the moves. I was not necessarily excited with the first move, but I thought, like, okay, I can do it. Then COVID and then my kids, they had this kind of thought process that came with moves. So when they heard we were moving to the outside of Cincinnati area in Northern Kentucky, it was like all the stigma that was still associated to the first move. Oh, so who who are we going to know there? Now we're going to be eight hours away from family. We don't know. And it was like, but this this time it's going to be different. Because I've learned some things about me as a woman. You yeah. all have actually learned some things about yourselves as kids. You all yeah. were, able, were able to find friends. You all were able to make new connections and get involved in new things, being the new kids in the area. Yeah, it took some time in the middle of COVID in a new city, but you all were, you built resilience. And that's the word yeah. we used earlier. Yeah. You all went through it, but you all were so much better for it. So yeah. let's keep building on that with this next move. Now that we're here, my son's in high school, my youngest is in middle school, and my oldest is getting ready to graduate from college. But mm-hmm. it's like we can all look and say, okay, how do you think that time in Arkansas, those two years at the beginning of COVID, how do you feel like we as a family have grown and you as an individual have grown? And so some of it, it probably would not have taught us the lessons that we have now learned. There are certain unique lessons that we have learned individually and even about ourselves as a family, about how we can still operate and show up for each other in the midst of shutting down, being away from everybody else. We had to rely on each other in new ways. So it taught me a lot about when you have to rely on something or someone bigger. I had to rely on God in a way I had never relied yeah. on God in my for yeah. my marriage, for my children, for my health. I had to rely on him in so many new ways because it was all new. Yeah. I had to learn my husband in a new way. 
the way he operated when we were in Arkansas with the move, us being away from family, the way I operated, we started to see each other in new ways. And so initially, yes, there was a lot of dread. Initially, there was a lot of doubt. But the transitions physically and location geographically also taught me some things internally that I'm still learning from and growing from mm. and I'm appreciative for. So, yeah. 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 And I know you can definitely tell me something about transitions because you're in Atlanta, right? Or yeah. in the Atlanta area. Yeah. Have you always been in Atlanta? No, I'm from Gary, Indiana. I moved here in the beginning of 98. And that was... Well, that transition, I was looking forward to. I wanted something new. I wanted something different. So I didn't really dread that move. Mm -hmm. Um, I had my concerns because you have separation anxiety from your loved ones because they're going to be so many miles away and you can't get to them. And especially with my grandmother, she was older. And But I'll, I'll say this. You were talking about the move and how you were close to family and and your kids get to know new people and a new school and teachers. And the beauty in that is that when they get older, it has truly taught them to embrace change, which is going to be beneficial in their adult life because there are so many changes and they saw that they survive that they'll survive, you know, the changes in their life. And the reason why I wanted to point that out is because we moved a lot. Now we was in the same city, but we moved a lot and I didn't want to change schools. I didn't want to change. So I went and stayed with my grandmother Mm, because I wanted to keep things the same, but I was still dealing with change And that the benefit in that when I got older helped me as an adult embrace change and look forward to change. Now, I don't know if it's because of what they might have told me when things were changing, but as an adult, it was like, oh, I look forward to moving to Atlanta. Oh, wow. I look forward to things being different. I look forward to, I was sad to leave but I was excited about what's to come. Yeah. And that taught me to embrace change. Now, the part of moving that I dread (laughs) Mm. is the entire process of moving, having to change, having to change address, changing everything over to the new address, packing and then loading up and then unloading and then unpacking. And I'm like, oh my God, how many times am I going to see this one thing? Yep. You know, (laughs) put it in the box, take it out the box. Um, so that part of it, I dread, but the benefit I see in moving and and just when when things happen I get excited about the opportunities and I don't know if I've taught myself to do that but that's my mindset toward transition and change and I've said before that one of my superpowers is adapting yeah and so when even with during COVID we adapted pretty good and plus me and my husband both and my son's we're all introverts. <laughs> really? <laughs> yes. Oh, so 
I was okay. The, the thing was earlier, before COVID, I homeschooled Zion. Oh, so you so and my husband worked at home for five years before COVID. Mm. He was back working in an office, but we had so many years of being home. And plus me being, I was already on isolation because of my health. Mm -hmm. So I didn't really go anywhere or do anything because I was recovering. Gotcha. So a lot of the things that with COVID and the blessing, I would say too, with COVID was being in the class. I, I, right before COVID, I said, man, I wish I could be a fly on the wall in this classroom so I can see what's going on. And when I saw, I said, oh, this is what they're not understanding about Zion. This is what the disconnect is with Zion. So I was able to pull the teacher to the side and say, Hey, this is what's going on. You know, as far as why he's having a challenge, I wouldn't have seen this. And then I got to get to know the kids because I was there with him the whole time, you know, because Zion is primarily nonverbal. So I had to communicate with the, with the teachers on what he's trying to say. And then he's very soft-spoken. So I had to communicate with them. So I couldn't like walk out to leave him, yeah. you know, and just let him be there. Cause then he didn't know how to like, they will say, Oh, check the email. He don't know how to check the email. So I would have to, you know what I'm saying? So yeah. I was, I was in school too. So I would sit my, my bring my stuff in there and I'll be doing my work while he's in class. So, but I was available in case they needed me, but it gave me an opportunity to meet his, his classmates. Cause when they would get up and dance, I would get up and dance too off camera. Um, <laughs> so I had fun. So, but to get to know the students and get to know the teachers and understand the perspectives of the teachers and was like, okay, I get it. I see this. I see that. So, but I would say also I was receptive to me wanting to understand and get to know. And so I saw, sometimes you see things based on where you are mentally. Mm. Like they say, are you listening to understand or are you listening to respond? Because sometimes yeah. you can't hear people or see what's really going on because you're just looking for an opportunity to validate how you feel. Even in that case, you know, as far as education, that transition during COVID really was, it was some benefits in it for me and for Zion. And we got closer during that because we would meditate and pray together. I have this thing about prayer. I just, and I tell you all the time, I admire when people can pray. It don't come easy for everybody. Anyway, I can go down and rub my hole with that. But anyway, so I wanted to learn how to get comfortable with praying around them because I was uncomfortable praying in public. Mm. That made me more comfortable praying around them. That made me more comfortable praying in public. 
You said that made me more comfortable in praying that. What what was that? That praying with my husband and, and kids. Gotcha. And during, during the time of COVID when you all were getting During COVID. the time with COVID. And Got it you. made me, because it was a challenge for me, I made it a goal. Because I knew I was afraid of, because I feel judged. I feel, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. so I, because it was such a challenge, and I have a habit of since I was a teenager, things that I'm challenged with, I make I put it on my lit on my to do list of things I have to overcome. Oh wow! So because it was so challenging, I said this is something I have to conquer. That was just something I had to get by because it was deeper than that for me. So um, so yeah, to to answer the question. <laughs> But the benefit is I had to learn how to embrace it and learn how to embrace the changes, you know, even during COVID and school and all that stuff, just just learning to embrace those changes and realize that sometimes the lesson is so much bigger than the, oh, okay. the bigger than the challenge. The fact that you were able to just put your perspective on like you use the time of COVID being with your family, you all had already had the experience of being at home, whether your it was your husband working from home, you being at home to like recover with your health, homeschooling Zion, you all had already had that experience. Yeah. You all had that ability to just go right back into that same type of setting during COVID and also build on that environment that you all already had established so that you could be able to conquer something that you personally wanted to overcome with the praying publicly. This is a lot. And for you to even say anything that I felt was something that was a challenge, I put it on my to-do list. Mm. There's not too many people who even address it. It's just the, that's just what I am. That's just how I am. And that'll leave it as that. But the fact that you use that time, that particular season to work on an area, to build your confidence, to speak more openly or pray more openly publicly when you're called on again, that speaks volumes. Because again, some people can see a season and not see the lesson or they can mm -hmm. see the difficulty in it. And yes, COVID was a rough time. We lost a lot of people. Yeah. We all had to adapt in ways yeah. that we were not prepared for. It wasn't like we all took a vote and said, yes, we all vote for COVID. Yes, we all right, vote. Right. Yeah. None of us did that. We just all were thrown into it. And not everyone adapted or saw lessons or grew from it. Some people are still, unfortunately, on the other side where they're still like, I don't know. I'm still trying to figure out what that was because my life looks nothing like what it looked like before COVID. The people yeah. who were once. So I, I applaud those who can try to find a lesson or a way to grow. And I still, I'm, I'm prayerful for those who are still trying to figure out life in transition because we can both be honest and say life doesn't always, not everyone can bounce back from certain transitions. Sometimes yeah. transitions, it, it takes you. Some people, it's once that happened, they'll tell you my life has just not been the same and I just don't know what to do with myself. And that's yeah. a real thing as well. So I guess I just want to just make sure I, I pause to just be, just to say my heart goes out to those who, have gone through transitions or are going through transitions 
And right now, all you can see is my life just doesn't look like what it used. I don't know how to create anything new. Is mm. yeah. What I had, I thought those people or those building that job or that income or that support system, I thought they would be there in the next season. I'm in this next season, but they're not there. I don't know how to do life without them or that particular whatever we had. So mm-hmm. that's a real thing too. Um, yeah. That for for anyone who's listening. Our hearts are with you as well. And my prayer is that as long as you're still here on this side of heaven, that there will, as long as you have breath in your body, that there is still an opportunity for you to see that there is hope and that maybe it may not look like what you thought it would look like. It may not be with the people you thought it would be with. And you don't even know what version of yourself you need to tap into to be in this new season. But as long as you're here, that is an opportunity for you to be able to tap into something new is going to look scary. Yvonne and I both talked about yeah. experiences that we've gone through that I'm sure all of us out there can relate to. It, it is scary. Transition is not easy. It's not comfortable. Yeah. If you're, if anything that you're having to let go of, because if you're letting go of one season to go to another, you're actually having to open one hand, open like your hand. You can't hold on to it. You have to actually, yeah. it's like on the monkey bars, you know, when we were younger, you're trying to swing. Yeah. I'm like you can't you can mm-hmm. just keep swinging and you can just hold on to two monkey bars and let your feet just dangle. But you just swinging to get to that next yeah. bar. You have you to ain't gonna go nowhere. And eventually that your weight don't don't right. Heavier, so you have, heavier. Heavier. you have to keep swinging. You have to keep swinging and yes, where you were where my my hand my hand felt good on that first bar, but then when I moved to the next bar, wait. That means to get to the one after this, I have to let go, let my left hand drop and move it forward. Mm. That's life. Yeah. And it can look scary. Yeah. And yes, you may have to yeah. stay in where you are, may feel safe. That's another word. Sometimes I, I just feel safe to just stay where I am. I don't want to go through a yeah. change. I don't, at least yeah, I know this. I know this. I know what comes with it. I yeah. can predict it. It's predictable. It's I, I know I can when this happens, this is said, and then that happens. But if I let go of this monkey bar to the next one, wait. What does that one feel like? Mm. What does that look like? Wait, I'm further away than where I was. What if I what fall? if I fall? Do yeah. I okay? What okay? Wait, it looks it looks way higher up here than it looks to y'all down there. I'm the one swinging. It's all the questions. And it's all part of life. I wish that something yeah. that was said to me. And of course, like, it's not until you go through life. You don't know until you go some things you don't know unless you go through it. But just yeah. that simple statement of life is really filled with swift transitions. Like I said, when we first started this recording and that song, life is filled with swift transitions. And that towards the end of it, it says, build your hopes on things eternal. And then the last part says, hold to God's unchanging hand. This is, I'm not trying to convert anybody, but yeah. the way I grew up, it was just saying, right. we need to be a, hold on to something that's never changing. Life is always changing. So my faith yeah. is something that I have to hold on to. You know, I like, can, people change. That's, that's a scary thing. You don't know who's going to be with you this day, who may be with you the next. So you have to have something to ground you, something that's bigger than you, that you can build your faith on, that you can, look beyond just where you are. And so again, to come back to what you did, the fact that you were able to see something that was a challenge in regards to praying publicly, but you saw that season of being at home with your family 
y'all could have just simply been in other rooms. But no, you use opportunity like we came together and I use that as practicing time to pray. And I'm assuming you you're, you feel a little bit more comfortable now praying publicly. I do. Um, and I had to embrace that. But to to get back to what we were saying, um, yeah, I think that even people that are struggling with accepting I mean, things look different now that they went through a transition. You know, my hope for them is that they get, if they're struggling, you know, sometimes you just can't lean on your own understanding and you have to seek counsel, whether it's in a church, whether it's free, whether it's looking the information up to see what to do next, but you can't just idle because Idol is the devil's playground, as they say. And you you sitting on idol and saying, I don't know what to do. And I think sometimes the blessing in being still, though, is to figure out who you are. Yes. And that transition is trying to get you to somewhere that you may not see yet, but you need to use that time and that opportunity the fact that you're in that space mean that it's something more for you, but you, you have to be receptive to yeah. it. You have to, he said to ask and to seek and to knock. He didn't say sit there and I right. give it to you. Come on. Come on. You ain't it. You have to, you, ain't it. Mm-hmm. you have to seek, you have to knock on doors. You have to, and ask the questions. A- ask God what is it, what the next yep. move is. Yep. One of the things, and I'll say this and we can move on, but one of the things that was so strong for me about learning how to pray is I wanted to learn how to talk to God. Mm-hmm. Okay. I had this really, really, really strong desire to get to know him and have a relationship with him. And part of the relationship is communication. Yeah. We would talk growing up, you know, our father was John and But I'm like, I don't want to just recite what I was taught. I really want to learn how to communicate and get to know my father. Mm-hmm. I want a relationship. Mm-hmm. How do I get a relationship? It's to understand him more and to understand how to communicate and how, and not just communicate with him, but how do I be still so he can talk that to part. me? So, you know, if relationship is not one-sided. It's not just receiving, but it's also giving. Like, how do I give yeah. Yeah. to God? And part of giving is your purpose. Okay, I'm, a, I'm veering off. Um, so mm-hmm. <laughs> how have your priorities or views on life shifted due to a specific transition? Well, just continuing in the vein of what we we're talking about with the physical move or geographical move um, that my family's gone through the past couple of years, I've learned mm-hmm. to protect my peace more, my relationship with God. You, you're already talking about that as well. And it's not to sound even, it's not really to even sound cliche with saying protecting my mm-hmm. relationship with God. But when I realized that I was leaning and looking to people to fill voids that really God was really on mm-hmm. to fill mm-hmm. and he literally yeah. had to move me away. So while yes, we moved, my family moved because of my husband's job. I really saw, and I can see in 
like how they say hindsight is 2020. I can really see now four years, almost five years now since we've initially moved as a family, I can see how God was trying to move me to where I depended on him more because there are some things and yeah. I love my family and I know they love me and church, all of that. as so many different family groups and groups of support that I've gained over the years. And there are certain things that God wants no one else to get the credit for, but him. And sometimes mm-hmm. you can be so loyal yeah. and so tied to your support system and, and your, and this is my family. And I just can't leave my family. I just can't, I just can't, I just can't. And then what, what, what yeah. if, what if, what if, and there are things that God's wanted to do in your life and my life and our lives. But because we're so loyal to the point that it's like, okay, you're so loyal to the point that whatever blessing that you get, some kind of way, somebody else is going to get credit for it, or they're going to get the glory for it. Mm. Glory that they're not even supposed to get human. We're not, we're not meant to get glory. Only God is supposed to get glory. So sometimes he had to, not sometimes he had, I, I see that move or these past few moves as being God showing me, I need you to make sure that my relationship with you is not in the same category or even on the same level as everyone else. Don't put me on the same level as them. So I've learned to reverence God in a way that's different. And I don't mean to to sound more holier than that. It's not even that. It's like a real thing of knowing there are things that we went through transitions wise as a family, as a, as a husband and wife, as mother and son, mother and daughter, all of our, all of my relationships yeah. changed in ways that I literally did not have a book for it. I didn't know who I could call to say, Hey, when, when you went through, cause I, I didn't know my specific situation was unique to me. All of us yeah. go through certain unique situations that, yeah, we can call on some people because they went through something similar, but they didn't have all of the same, the exact same circumstances that you have in your particular. And so it's in those moments where it's like, God, what is it you want me to do with this? What is it that I'm supposed to do? How am I supposed to be a good wife to my husband in this season while he's traveling in the middle of COVID and we're in a new city and I'm trying to do virtual parenting or virtual teaching for my kids and this new, it's so many things. I just don't know what version of me I'm to be. And I really had Mm. to rely on God in a way that I hadn't relied on him. I don't think that heavy before, except for when I first became a mother. When I was a teenage mother, like in my 19, 20 age, I learned to lean on yeah. God in a way that I never knew I, I I would have to lean on him, but I appreciated him for it. And I can say the same yeah. about these last four or five years of being away from my core group, my core family and church groups and all the things I've had to rely on God in a new way. So I protect my relationship with God my time with God, mm. my quiet time with God, yeah. and even my husband, my kids, I let them know sometimes kind of like what you say, you know, like if you don't know what to say in the moment, it's like, give me a moment to feel for me. It's give me a minute yeah. because I'm moving in ways and I feel a certain level of responsibility as a wife, as a mother, as a woman. And I know that he's doing something because I feel like I'm in another season of transition personally, and I don't take it lightly. So my time with God, I really want to hear from him and I want to protect my peace as well, as well as my health. Those are pretty, my relationship with God, my peace, my health, and my close relationships are my top priorities in this particular season of my life. Because I feel like, kind of like we keep referencing scripture to whom much is given, much is required. 
God has given me opportunities, yeah. given me experiences that could very well help somebody else. But I have to feel all that I'm feeling. I have to be real with all I'm feeling because someone may ask me one day, how did it feel when X, Y, and Z happened? When you had a daughter in college, but you were in another city and you had two kids in COVID during in a new city and your husband was traveling and you didn't have anybody to call on. What does that feel like? I want to be able to say mm. what I felt versus like, because some of it is head knowledge because I thought my way through, but I had to feel things. I had to pray about things. I had to sit in some yeah. things longer than I wanted yeah. to. And some stuff didn't change overnight. But when I came out of it and I saw the lessons from it and I can look look back and say, God, that was nobody but you. God, that was nobody yeah. but you because I don't yeah. even know how I yeah. thought of that, but only you could have thought of that for me or given me that strategy. So I protect that my relationship with him. I protect my peace. I love, I love a lot of my family and friends the way I said I always have, but I've also learned I can't take on certain pressures or certain... I don't want them to think because I moved because the, I feel like, no, God has shown me in certain seasons, you might've been driving like figurative, figuratively speaking, a little smaller little Corvette because it was enough room for you and one other person. Over time, your yeah. little vehicle could have moved up to a minivan because you have extra people in your vehicle. He has shown me. Yeah. And it's just like anybody, if you look at an 18 wheeler, you can't move an 18 wheeler like you do a Corvette. You got to be intentional no. with your stops. You have to know where you yeah. stopping beforehand. And even on the back of the truck, it has a sign that says makes wide turns. Some of your turns, you have to, when you make turns as an 18 wheeler versus a Corvette or a smaller car, you can't move the same. You have to think ahead again. No. You have to be able to talk to the dispatcher about what roads are coming up ahead that I can and cannot go through because I'm carrying something bigger. So in this season of transition, mm. I realize each thing we've been talking about, each thing has been building. And as it's being built, I can't apologize for what God brought me through. I can't apologize. I can't even say I knew all that he was going to take me through. But now that I'm seeing yeah. it, I'm protecting it and I'm valuing it and I'm learning the lessons and I'm recognizing what I'm carrying and who's attached to me. And because I feel the weight of responsibility. I'm not going to just go through life haphazardly and just go through it. No, there's a lesson in this. I'm attached to some certain people in this age and stage that I didn't recognize would be along this particular journey with me. I carry that as a, a serious responsibility. So the liabilities are higher. The when you, when you have more liabilities, you have to have more insurance. So I have to have assurance yeah. as one of the old deacons at my uh, husband's old church mm. say there's insurance and then there's assurance. I need assurance yeah. <laughs> in this season, in this age and state that my relationship with God is good, that my health is good because I need my body, my mind, spirit, all of me to be well enough in this season, in this stage for what's going ahead. Cause I want to live to be a good 90, hundred some years old in my right mind, doing good health wise, all the things. So protecting my health, protecting my peace, protecting my relationship with God and the relationships that he's bringing. Those are all, the things that I'm protecting and valuing in this season of transitions that I found myself in right now. So, mm, yeah, that's good. Um, every major change that happened in my life has changed my views, mm -hmm. whether it's the transition of having children in college, um, moving from one state to another with no one, no, only, you know, the people that I'm coming with, you know, just different transitions that health transitions. The main thing, my view has not just changed 
about life, but my views changed about God in a good way. And the views of myself have changed in a good way. And I want to share when I had frozen shoulders, it usually is one shoulder, but both of my shoulders were frozen for two whole years. I could not use my arms. Oh, wow. I had 30% mobility and this is during recovering from my heart attack. Wow. So I heard somebody say that this frozen shoulders is related to premenopause. You know, the doctor was saying that it, it could be connected to, because I have spinal stenosis, the um, MRI, they saw that it looked like I, that I had whiplash. Oh, wow. Um, but I just couldn't move. Like, I couldn't, like, scratch my back. I couldn't lift my arms up. I couldn't. It's almost like my arms were tied down. I had limited use. So I had to adjust to my husband helping me get dressed. If my arms were to move beyond its limitations, it was excruciating. Felt like somebody was ripping my arm off. When I went to the doctor and he said, well, you going to need therapy. He said, or I can go in and tear the muscle. So I said, okay, I'll go through the therapy. And he said, I suggest you take pain pills before you go. Because it's going to be painful. It's going to be because they have to force my arms to lift. But they, they don't force it all the way. It's a little bit at a time to help my range of motion to increase but it took two years but to get back to 100 percent, not even 100 percent, to get to 90 percent range of motion just basic stuff that you take for granted and the lesson for me was in order to heal you have to go through pain Mm, gotta preach yeah I couldn't get to the other side of being able to use my limbs without the pain. You can't avoid the pain. The pain is them tearing the muscle. Yeah. Mm. Your your muscle is locked, frozen. And in, in order to move and you're going through a thawing season and the thawing season is more painful than the frozen season because this is where your emotion is trying to come back but it's excruciating but the life lesson that I learned from that the, the view that it gave me was If I want to heal from something, I have to face the pain that's going to come from dealing with this. You can't avoid it. Even though I did take pain pills before I went, it was still painful. The therapist can feel how far your arm can go Mm. without you telling them because it's restricted. And she'll say, you okay? I was like, just do what you need to do. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Don't 
worry about me. Just do what you need to do because I know I have to go through this pain. I know I have to go through this pain in order to be able to use my arms again. And the feeling of once my arms were completely thawed out, to be able to lift my arms after two years of not being able to use them, I was literally in tears like I can lift my arms. But I was, my arms were so weak. My arms are still weak. I'm still trying to get my arms stronger because they were restricted for two years. So the lesson in that is to go through the pain, to go on through it. Because the blessing is on the other side of dealing Mm. with that. And to not take something as simple as the use of our limbs. Come on. We take so much for granted. granted. And that was another lesson we learned during COVID too. We take so much for granted. But the blessing that I saw in COVID is how people band together and the things that the nation, the world saw that had been happening for hundreds of years. Mm. They were awakened. All the things that was happening to the black community as if it was brand new news. Yeah. People had been so busy in their lives that they could didn't take the time to see what was really happening in the world. And when it was in their faces and they couldn't avoid it, it was an awakening. Like, oh my God. Even to see the support of Africa during that season of awakening was had me emotional. So to to see the support and and to see them have signs and campaigning and supporting the George Floyd movement. And you just don't know how God is going to use your life or your death. Yep, that part. I think it would have been different if COVID wasn't happening. But we had the attention of not just the United States, but the attention of the world. To look at things that we have been saying and praying about and dealing with for centuries. It needed to happen. The world needed to be still because the world was so busy in their own with their own stuff that they didn't people didn't see what was really happening in the world. People didn't really, their faith wasn't really tested. Mm. People got to know God that didn't know him before COVID. Mm. Mm. Who is this God that y'all talking about? (laughs) (laughs) Regardless of their religion, people were introduced to faith that they weren't paying attention to in the past so 
there's things that we have absolutely no control over in our lives, in that in transition of our lives that we have to take notice and and grow from it and learn from it and be better because of it even if it brings confusion mm. Mm. it makes you pay attention and even in the pain the frustration having to feel what you're going through and the willingness to grow through it okay we can move forward because i'm gonna I'm keep going <laughs> What do you envision your life looking like after this season? After this season, because we already said the season of transition. You're presently yeah, because I was about to say it's all, after this one's going to be another one. But right, <laughs> and after this season, I'm I'm just I'm hoping to have more clarity and to be walking more. I have an idea of what my purpose is in this season of my life. And I'm just mm-hmm. prayerful and hopeful that I'll be more bold in walking in it. And mm. once I've come through this particular season of transition, um, and not just me walking more boldly and confidently in it, but my kids as well, because again, they're going through their own transition yeah. um, with school and just being teenagers in a new area and not a new culture, but just new newness in general. But after this particular yeah. season, because I don't know if my husband's job will move him again and if that will require another geographical move. Um, but yeah. after this particular one, my prayer is that I'm more purposed and I'm more bold that wherever I am, whether it's here in northern Kentucky, Cincinnati area, or it's wherever God takes us to next, that I'm more confident yeah. and I'm more bold in it and that I know that God is with me. I've I've learned it, but now I feel it. I know that he is with me. And that's the biggest thing. I mean, to just keep it high level is just knowing that I'm walking in my purpose and I'm doing it confidently, boldly. Yeah. And if my kids aren't fully doing it themselves, that they can see that if mama can do it, okay, that gives me hope. So me hopefully yeah. being a light to my kids or anyone else who God's connecting me with that whatever season you're in hey I don't have it all together and I'm not no any way better than anybody else I've just learned embrace yeah. it and I want you to to be able to embrace it as well so I guess to answer your question again high level is me being more bold and confident and walking in my purpose and being a light to those who God's connecting me to or he puts me in the path of to show them that they can do the same that's very mm-hmm. good very good. I, I hope the same for my kids, too, that they are able to learn from how I navigate through my transition. Mm. And, and I think that has been the motivation behind how I move and deal with stuff, knowing that they're they're yep. watching. Yeah. Um, and letting them see me be vulnerable mm. let, and being open about the discomfort in it and and all that because I don't want to deceive them either to think that it's oh mama just moving you know mama just oh she go on through Mm -hmm. it she resilient no I'm scared there's always I'm scared Mm -hmm. but or I'm oh I'm concerned about this but but them to see my faith 
despite my fear. And one of the things that I love that we have no idea what the other person is going to say. But um, I was sitting here smiling when you were saying what 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 it looks like your future looks like for you, because I didn't write all that Mm -hmm. down. But I did say one word, well, two words, living fearlessly. Mm. I want to live fearlessly Mm. um, after this season because, you know, I would walk through stuff. But a lot of my decisions were fear-based. So I would do it, but I would do it small. Mm. I used this example a while back. It's like flying a plane. I would get in the plane and and I would be the pilot and fly the plane, but I would only go to a certain altitude because I was too afraid. And I'm using this as an example just for those like, oh, she can fly a plane. No. Um, <laughs> Maybe not yet, but who knows? <laughs> but be always trying to control the fall. Oh, but I don't want to be too high up where I can't control where, because if you fall at this mm. level, the impact mm. won't be as bad. Oh. So out of fear of being at a certain altitude and falling, I would only allow myself to levitate Ooh. a little bit above the ground, but not go too mm. high. People like, oh, but you're doing this and you've accomplished this. Yeah, on a very small scale. Mm. Because I know that the vision was bigger, but I tried to control how if I fail at this or if I fall, the impact won't be too bad. So my vision past this transition, this of many transitions in my life is for me to be fearless and for me to be okay with allowing God to take me as high as he needs me to go. Come on, ma'am. And trusting that if I fall, Mm. that I'll be okay. Because his hand is right there. If you trust in him to take you as high as he wants to take you. And you know that it's not you. He's taking he, That's the part. That's what the confidence yeah. is. Yeah. Oh, that's good. That's good. Yeah. So what I envision is just being fearless and not, I mean, not being fearless. Let me change that. Not being fearless, but doing it anyway. And not allowing myself to stay at a level that I'm not even comfortable at. I can't even say I'm more comfortable on that level because I know that I'm not where I need to be. But I want to get to a place. No, I'm not want. I will get to a place. I am at the place where I'm comfortable with God lifting me where he need me to be instead of being at a place where I can control it. Because I realized in my many transitions that there's a lot of things we just have no control over and to try to control everything. It's an illusion to think that you're, I mean, we have some things we can control, 
But a lot of our transitions, if you think back on every major transition, you didn't have control over it. And I think that's where the self-inflicted pain comes from is being resistant to the flow of where God is trying to take you. Your resistance is what's causing the pain, not where he's trying to take you. There's pain in it, but you're making it worse by trying to stay comfortable. Instead of being resilient, you're being resistant. Mm. (laughs) So where God is trying to take you to get back to the question. Um, So what I envision it looking like is feeling the fear and doing it anyway and stop playing so small. (sighs) So we're about to wrap up. My last question is, think of all your transitions in life. What were your greatest lessons learned? Hmm. The greatest lesson is knowing that God is with me. I know that sounds simple, Hmm. but when you've been raised to trust God as a child, you do it out of everyone else is doing it. That's what everyone, that's what my grandmama, my mama does. But when you learn it for yourself and you trust that if he's with me and he's leading me and he's guiding Hmm. me, and he's saying yeah. you can do it. All you need to do is just put your big toe out there because I'm with you. If I have yeah. him and I can trust that, as we just said earlier, if he's leading me to it, even if I feel like or I seem like I'm falling, if I trust him, his hand is going to be there to catch me because he's not going to yeah. take me somewhere and have me not represent his name well. If he called me to it yeah. to represent him, He's going to make sure that I have what I need so that he's represented well. So as long as I walk in step with him, as long as I keep trusting and protecting my relationship with him, and and I know without a doubt that he's with me, even if it looks crazy to everybody else, if they don't see it, if they don't understand it, if they don't think it's the right time, but he's saying now, move, go, do, be. If he's saying it, if I can just keep trusting him, even when it looks scary and it feels scary, he is right there at the bottom of them, them those monkey bars. I, God, I'm scared to move my hand from this from this bar to the next. And if he's saying, you got it, and even if you slip, I got you. That's my best confidence right now in this season, is knowing that he's with mm. me. That's the best lesson I've learned. If I, if I have his vote, if I have his ear, if I have his guidance, him is my GPS. If I keep surrendering to him to guide me and protect me, while I surrender my way. Come on, GPS. God protects. Surrender. Come on here, somebody. Listen. But yeah. <laughs> listen. Listen. Yeah. So I'm sorry. Mm. But that's that's my to keep it high level and simple. If he's in it and he's telling me to do it, yeah. there's nothing I can't do without his come, without him yeah. with me. And that's the best confidence that I can have. And my prayers that just I can keep growing in it. Just keep growing in. He's with you, April. He's with you, April. He's called you to it. He's with you. He's called you to it. He's with you. If I can keep reminding myself of that with my eyes closed and keep taking that step while I say it, I don't know what I'll see when my eyes open up because I'm just like, if you say I can do it, God, okay, here we go. Yeah. If you say I can do it, here we go. So 
So yeah, that's my biggest lesson that I've learned after all of this time, through all the transitions. He's been leading me the whole time. If I just got yeah. out of my own way, if I stopped listening to the negativity or the taking more of the fear that other people see, I don't think now's the time. And he's like, yep, it's the time. And I'm like, but they said, well, who do you trust? Me or them? But they don't see what you told me. They may not ever see it, but it won't be until you do mm-hmm. it. And he wasn't talking to exactly. them. So that's the other thing is learning that he will sometimes share with me or share with any of us certain things that other people may not see. And we want them to see it so bad. We want to bring them along and, okay, God, well, let me make sure that they read because when they read it, then, okay, oh, it'll be, okay, they they slowing you down. There's somebody else who's waiting for your yes in this season right now. And if you delay your yes because of somebody who doesn't see it, you're also blocking somebody else's blessing ahead. So what is it you're going to do? Mm. So that's mm-hmm. the part I'm I'm learning all of it, that my yes is important and my trust to God is just as important. Yeah. So I have to be in tune with him. And as long as he's telling me to go forward, scared and all, whether they see it or agree with it, like it or, or whatever, if he says go, that's what I do. And I'm having to learn to be more confident mm. and bold in it in this season. So, yeah. 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 Wow. That was that was really good. It's a song. When I was in the um hospital, I after about a week of being in the hospital, because at first I this when I had my heart attack. I didn't want to listen to music or anything. Not I wasn't depressed or nothing like that, but I just really wanted to hear talk to God. Um and not just talk to him, but I wanted to hear from him and hear I just wanted to be still in that moment. And so when I got out of ICU eight days later, when I was in a a regular room, you know, a certain songs that you want to hear or that come to you was Tasha Cobb, Leonard's song. Um, You know my name. Oh, yeah. But those words resonated with me so strong that he knows my name. Yeah. No fire can burn me. No matter what I'm going through, he knows me and he's in control. One of the greatest lessons was to trust God and to know that he knows my name. He knows my needs. He knows what I'm going through and trusting that I'm going to get through this Mm. and being open to, okay, what do I need to do? How do I recover? What do I eat? What do I not eat? You know, and going through the process of cardiac rehab and learning and the lessons that I learned during that transition of being still, it made me look at myself getting to know who I am on a different level because I had been so busy and the desire of wanting to build memories with my kids and my husband, because up until that point we would do stuff, but it was really, really the thing that I kept thinking about if I was to die today, what memories have I left them with so it has become a mission 
to build memories with them. And of course, we did the skydiving and um, recently, and we went horseback riding and all this. It's been a mission to invest in memories. Because sometimes, you know, before then, I was like, oh, we don't really have the money to do this. Oh, we don't really have the money to do that. And I'm like, no, this is an investment. You treat investments a little mm, different. Come on, investment. This is an investment into depositing memories into my kids so they can look back and say, oh, man, my first time doing that was with my mom. Mm. My first time. I remember when we did this. I remember when we did that. Because up until then, they remembered me always working. Wow, yeah. Always busy. Always working. Now, I took time with them. You know, I would work with Zion on reading and stuff like that. But we weren't really building memories. We would go to the movies. But I was like, no. What is it that? So I was like, what is it that you always wanted to do? Let's mm. do it. I asked, you know, all of them what is it that you wanted to do travel okay let's travel let's find the time and the money to do the things because we can't get this time back wow come on perspective so the greatest lessons was to love and to live on purpose no matter what transition we going through we have to realize that people who love you want to see you grow Mm. But you have to also take into account where they are, you know, because some people, it's not that they don't want to see you grow. It's because they're afraid of growing. Mm. Some people project their fears on you, but grow anyway. Come on, grow (laughs) anyway. Don't be stagnant because other people are uncomfortable with your growth. You have to grow anyway. And sometimes that may give them permission to grow to Mm. so before we go is there anything you want to leave because i think i've said everything i need yeah no i mean this was good i think we covered a lot um just know everything is all working together and to learn the lesson at each stage yeah all of us working together don't throw it all away don't say this was just a dumb moment this was just there's a lesson there and it can work for your good if you change your perspective and yeah here we grow grow anyway Mm, I like that. Here we grow. Here we grow. Yeah. And um, even in relationships, all types of transition is is, is necessary. So, yeah. So, April, thank you so much, ma'am. This was another great conversation. Another one. I love it. Thank you so much. I sincerely appreciate you taking the time to tune in and sit with us as we have these conversations and let us know how you're enjoying these episodes to get in touch with either one of us. Our contact information is in the description of this episode. I hope you find each episode to be valuable. Remember investing in your intentional healing and growth is a gift to yourself until next time. Be blessed. Thank you for tuning in to Let's Talk About Healing with Yvonne Pierre. We hope you enjoyed the show. Be sure to subscribe, like, and share.